Entrepreneurs Over 40, episode 30 with Sean Moy talking about his invention, the eSports trainer, and appearing on America's Big Deal. After 15 years of working on my product, I've been luckily enough and blessed enough to be chosen to be on Joy Mangano's America's Big Deal, which is on the USA Network at 9 p.m. So it's airing every Thursday night. My episode will be December 9th. I've been selected to be on that. I'm so happy, so grateful. And again, like I said, you just take the journey. I mean, I couldn't have told you that I would even be able to do anything like this, especially after all the no's, the thousands of no's that I had to hear and uh, where I started. So really happy about that. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today is a father, an innovative thinker, a proven leader, and a mentor. He grew up outside of Cleveland and graduated from Southview High School in 1995. He's gone on to secure an MBA and an MPM from the Keller Graduate School of Management. He currently resides in Davidson, North Carolina, where he enjoys playing basketball and football, going to sporting events, concerts, and theatrical plays. He loves spending time with his family and friends traveling, volunteering, and mentoring. Without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Sean Moy. Hello, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm Sean Moy, originally from Ohio, Lorraine, Ohio, by way of Phoenix, Arizona. I lived out there for about 20 years, then relocated to North Carolina, where I currently reside. So living out in Davidson, I love it out here. I've been operations manager with a few companies. And in my spare time, I am an inventor. So I'm really happy about where I've come in my journey. And I look forward to talking a little bit more about my product. Okay. Now, did you come from an entrepreneurial or inventor's background at all? No entrepreneur or uh, inventor background at all. Actually, that I know of, I'm the only inventor in my family. So my family, we worked uh, blue collar, hardworking people. My mom instilled that in us at a very early age. So that's pretty much what I was around as I began to develop ideas. One thing that I said was instilled in us was about hard work and finishing. Finish what you start. So that's kind of where I got that mentality from. So when I came up with this idea, there was nothing um, that was ever going to stop me from bringing it to fruition because that's what I was taught. Okay. Now, what was your childhood like? Were you good in school and excel in sports or were you average like me or how did that work? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. My third or fourth grade teacher actually told her at a conference that he is the kind of kid you can leave in the middle of New York City and he will be okay. That was the type of kid I was, um, always did well. I, I guess I've always had that competitive drive inside of me. School just kind of came naturally to me. So I've always done well there, never had any issues, always took the honors classes and the college courses and things like that in high school. So yeah, school was pretty good. Okay. Now I'm just wondering back to your teacher, how many third graders said he left in New York City? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) To know this, but that's, I guess that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing in your job today? Currently, I am an operations manager. I have about 200 people under me. It's all about working safe 
and satisfying customers. So always, always, always driving to satisfy customer. We are all customer service. We are all in a customer service business is what I tell my team. So pretty much making sure everybody's working safe and things along that and that manner, meeting deadlines and things like that. So that's what I pretty much do on a day to day, just managing people. I always tell my kids, even now, no matter the industry, if you can manage people, you will be okay. So again, I always tell my team, no matter what we do, not one piece of plastic is worth going out the door and somebody got hurt or they weren't safe. I also tell my people, um, when you're at work, be here. Because if you're physically here, you're mentally somewhere else, you have officially lost your mind. So be here. Let's work safe. Let's get the job done. And that's pretty much what I do. I always call myself a glorified cheerleader, right? So that's what I do on a daily basis. And we have a lot of fun. It sounds like it. Now, just looking at your LinkedIn bio, I think I've I've mentioned this before off the call, but I couldn't find anything that would lead me to suggest that you're an inventor. Yeah. We'll get to your invention in a minute, but yet it has the potential to be a pretty impactful invention. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I have a cousin that I, I look up to a lot. And that's one thing he, he says is he's never going to talk about it, which I need to get better at doing. He's like, he's never going to boast and brag about it. It's just something that I like to do. And one of the famous phrases I love is when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So it's kind of like something I just love to do. So I just do it. But yeah, the more people I share with, the more people that say, you know, you're sitting on a gold mine. Like this is is so scalable. It's an amazing idea that you brought to fruition. It's an amazing product. So I'm at that stage now where I call it getting out of the lab and um, sharing it with the world. So that's what I'm currently doing right now. But yeah, I need to get better at that marketing side and actually saying what I do outside of just operations manager. Okay. Now, in your job as an operations manager, have you found that there's a lot of transferable skills to both the inventing side as well as the running the company side that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm very fortunate in that way that I can equate and it kind of goes back and forth. So things that I learn in my day to day job, I apply to me building my product and, and vice versa. So as far as building and designing a product in my day to day job, Um, You come to me and you tell me what you want. You tell me a color. We formulate that color. We build it and we give it to you. So it's kind of the same thing. I was able to know what I wanted from my product, build it that way, dealing with vendors, which I do on a day-to-day at work. I'm doing it day-to-day with my inventions. Um, I always call myself a sponge. So I've been very fortunate to understand what's going on around me and then how I can apply it to other industries as well. I, I don't have the silo mindset to where... This just only equates here and that only equates there. There are a lot of times where you can equate a lot of different things in a lot of different businesses and industries and people as well. Okay. Now, does your job know that you're an inventor and that you're potentially going to have (laughs) a product hitting the market soon? They do, actually. And I thank God for all of this. I'm very fortunate. The company that I work for is very supportive. I've been with companies and I've mentioned it in the past and they saw it as a threat. Or, hey, you better be careful with this. Or, you know, you better be careful. You're not mixing the times. And I'm very careful, very professional. I don't mix times. I, when I'm at work, I'm at work. Again, going back to if you're here, be here. 
So same thing with my mentality, my body, I'm at work. Mentally, I'm at work. When I'm working on my product, I'm working on my product. So I don't cross the lines that way, but they're very supportive, um, which I greatly appreciate because you don't get that everywhere. My boss, he is an awesome businessman himself. He has his hands in a lot of different pots as well. So knowing that and understanding that about him, I feel very comfortable sharing what I'm working on with him. And I mean, from day one, he just texts me on Friday. What do you need me to do? How can I help? So greatly appreciate the support that I'm getting from where I work. That's awesome because not a lot of companies would be that open-minded, but because they are, your company's getting a great employee. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now, tell me about your first invention. I believe you said before that it was a musical flag. Yeah, so back in, I think it was maybe 1996, um, I contacted a submission invention company and I had their packet sitting in front of me. It might have been 92, but I was watching the Olympics and an idea came. I saw the flag, the United States flag playing, and I heard the music. So I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool if you could put those two ideas together? So what I did was I sent my information to the submission company, which they said, oh, this is a great idea. And the thought behind it was inside of a stick or plastic tube was a music box that plays the national anthem of the country represented on the flag at the time. People, when they saw it, they loved it. They thought it was a great idea, which was really cool because at the time I'm like, man, this is awesome. So if I can elaborate on that story, the invention submission company said, this is a great idea. Why don't you give us $11,000 and we will patent it. We will take it to market for it. Now, Sean, how old were you at this point? Hmm, I'm going to say I might have been around uh, maybe 16, 15, 16 years old. Yeah, if you're Um, like me at at 15 or 16, I didn't have an extra $11,000. Right, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And that's exactly where I was. And again, there was nobody around me. There's one person around me. It's my cousin. He has some restaurants that he owned at the time, and he was the only one that I could turn to. And so I went to him, hey, I got this idea. People think it's amazing. Can you loan me the $11,000? And he said, hey, tell you what, you do some homework and then you come back to me. So he gave me some homework and I wasn't happy at the time about that. So I did my homework and I'm going to prove him wrong, right? I'm going to do what he told me to do. I'm going to prove him wrong. So after a few weeks, he said, hey, I got some business partners and they were all business owners as well. Why don't you come and present your product to us? So I said, absolutely, I'll be there. On the day I was going to go present my idea to these gentlemen, a letter came in the mail from the Better Business Bureau concerning this company. And they had an F rating. They had a bunch of lawsuits pending against them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Had I not done my homework, had I not got that advice, I mean, who knows where I would have been. I would have been taken for $11,000. So I went to go submit. I let him know that. And I mean, he was really proud that I did the homework and I was too. I did the presentation. They gave me some great feedback at the time, feedback, which I still use to this day. So yeah, in a nutshell, that was that journey or that chapter, if you will. So you had your own miniature shark tank. I did. Shark tank. Absolutely. I was just talking to him a few weeks ago and he was like, Remember when you pitched the products? He was like, that was Shark Tank. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. That was Shark Tank. I love that you don't have to be on that grand stage either. There are people that are around us who can also help us um, along the way to get to the next level. So yeah, absolutely. That was that start. Sounds like your cousin's a pretty good businessman. A, he a pretty, is. He's actually an amazing guy. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. His name is Mark Ballard. I'm very fortunate to have him as a mentor, even when he was running his restaurants and he had his record labels and things like that. But he, he saw something in me even at an early age. I might have been like 17, 18 at the time, but I did work with him for a time and was able to see the behind the scenes of how things work especially on a business level. And he imparted in me a lot of wisdom and advice, again, that I still use to this day. I'm so very fortunate that I have him in my life and and somebody that I can bounce ideas off of. And he can kind of point me and steer me in the right direction, even now. Let's get to your big invention idea. How did the idea for the electronic sports trainer come about? And I guess even backing up a little bit, can you tell the audience what it is? Okay. So my product is a sports training device. What it does is teaches proper technique and muscle memory when playing a sport. In a nutshell, that's what it does. You wear it on your arm, you wear it in compression sleeve, which we'll talk about. But a lot of times when playing a sport, you don't get that behind the scenes information that you need. The building blocks, if you will. So there's cracks in the foundation when you're learning how to play a sport that when you get to a certain level, either you never get to play and you don't understand why, The coach has you sitting on the bench or when you get to a certain level, your talent may allow you to get to that level. But then you have a coach that will kind of reverse engineer your shot or reverse engineer those bad mechanics. And then they have to rebuild it up properly. So what this product tries to do and will do is give you the proper techniques before that. So it gives you a solid foundation to build upon as you're playing a sport. So for this first edition, it's dedicated, related to basketball. So what it does, it talks to you, corrects you in real time. It tracks the number of times you are using the uh, product correctly. It toggles between several different languages. So you can practice or train in a language most comfortable to you. So going back, the idea came from my son. He showed uh, interest in playing a sport at a very young age. So I wanted to work with him. And so we're going to the park, we're going to play and I want to train him. But I understood this, that you need to make sure you have proper technique and especially in shooting a basketball. So as I go take him to the park, I'm thinking to myself, well, how can I make sure he practices correctly, even when I'm not around? What good is it to shoot a thousand shots per day that you hear a lot of people say, but they're all improper shots. So I want to make sure his shooting and his practicing wasn't in vain that way. And as I look around the park, I see there's a lot of kids whose parents aren't even paying attention or whose parents may not even understand this as well. So that's where the idea came from. So when we went home, I began to work on this product right away. Again, did the patent search, make sure nothing was out there like this. And that's where my thousand mile journey started. Okay. Now, when you did the patent search... Were you looking on USPTO.gov or patents.google.com or? Both of those. So I went to both of those places to look for a patent and nothing showed up. I did my due diligence and I may have even contacted a company to help me look, but it was at a minimum cost because again, at the time, like many of us inventors starting out, I didn't have a lot of money. 
there was always more month than money anyway. So I had three kids, two kids at the time, going to work every night. We're trying to make ends meet. So I started where a lot of inventors started. I just had to be creative on how I was going to bring this product to the marketplace. Okay. And how many years has it been about, roughly? So from that time to now, it's been about 15 years that I've been working on this product. How did you validate the idea as far as being a commercially um, successful? Because I can't really think of anything to compare it to, to be honest. Right, right. So for me, I saw some other training tools that were out there. So I compared it to what they're doing, how they're doing it. So I knew it was a financial lucrative industry, sports training. It was just how was I going to get into that market space was the question. So for me, searching on those platforms, looking for uh, the patents, I didn't have the money again to start the patent process right away. So I started with a provisional patent, which gave me protection for a year. That way... I was able to do some digging. I was able to share my product a little bit more with people. It was during that time where I got a toy designer as well. It was during that provisional patent phase. It cost maybe at the time, maybe $150. And if you decide you want to move forward after that year, before the year is up, then you can start your patent process. And then it will retro back to the original date of that provisional patent. So it gave me a year to play with that. So again, you don't always have to jump into, I need a patent today and I need to spend thousands of dollars to get my patent. No, start with a provisional patent. Take a baby step. You don't have to jump both feet first. You can jump in one foot at a time and then you can do your research during that window as well. So once I got the protection, I was able to talk to a few more people, get their information, get their feedback, if you will. Um, What do you think about this? How do you think it will work? And and I got nothing but great feedback. Once I got to that level, I was toward the end of my provisional patent. Then that's when I applied for a patent, a utility patent. At what point did you create the prototype and talk about how you did that? I think that involved the toy designer. The first day when we came back from the park, I had the old CD player. I had uh, Velcro and I had my son all wrapped up like a mummy for my patent. So it gave me an idea. And from those drawings and even with my provisional patents, the drawings were very simple it was just, this is the idea behind it. If anybody contacts me, I'll share that journey with them, the pictures and everything. I drew the pictures myself in my house. Very simple. During that window, I just got online and, and searched for toy designers. Let's see what pops up. Mm-hmm. And then once things started popping up, then that would help me drive to a different search. But again, I just let the internet do the work for me. I actually contacted a few toy designers and decided to go with the person that I went with. But Some people said no. Some people said, this isn't what I do. This guy was an independent toy designer and he said, sure, I will make it for you. So that's where it started. Um, And again, I'll tell all the inventors out there, make sure you're protecting your idea, protecting yourself throughout the journey. When the toy designer and I talked, we drew up a contract. He signed it. I signed it. But somewhere through the process, he decided that this was a good idea. And hey, let me be a part of it. Don't pay me. Just name me on the patent, which I'm so glad I did not do. But if we didn't have a contract in place, who knows? So always make sure you're protecting yourself that way. Again, it doesn't take millions of dollars. You don't have to contact a bunch of lawyers and build up all these legal fees. There are things that you can do to protect yourself. Easy, low cost, low hanging fruit type things that you can do uh, to protect yourself. But that's where the patent idea came from. 
then it just evolved from there. So I still love it to this day. It was like my baby, but it was bulky. It was big and it wasn't consistent. Sometimes it would go off, sometimes it wouldn't. Once I had the utility patent, then I began to contact other manufacturers, got with their design team, and and it began to evolve that way. Even as you know, Greg, it's still evolving. I don't know if it ever stops, but I don't know if any product ever stops, right? It's always about continuous improvement through life. Again, that's something that I learned at my job throughout the years, continuous improvement, always getting better, that I'm able to equate in what I do. That's just a life principle. So we should always be continuing to get better. I do it at work. I say it, and I say it in my day-to-day life and then related to my product as well. When you got the patent, did you do it yourself? Yes, I didn't have any money. But I knew the next step in my process at the time was to get a patent on it if I wanted to proceed. So again, I went to the library. I checked out maybe four or five books concerning patents and I began to write it. So yeah, I was just writing this patent. Again, I know it's taboo and oh my God, you can't do that. Well, again, I've always been that that guy to say, well, why not? You told me a thousand reasons why I can't. Give me one reason why I can't. So I, I live by that principle as well. And I stand on the, the why I can principle. So yeah, checked out maybe four or five books. I began to write the patent, sent it in. Thank God it went to the right person because the person on the other side at the patent trademark office, I mean, you couldn't write a better script. She began to give me advice. You got to say this here. This clause you need to say here. This clause you need to say that. To me, they don't really give you that. You either submit it correctly and that's it and resubmit. But she and I worked together for months to finish it. So thank God for that. But again, if you just start, those type of things to me are attracted to you. So just start the process, just start the journey and people will be attracted to you. Ideas and resources will just be attracted to you. I need a professional drawings done. Where am I going to get that? I I don't, again, have the money for a professional person to design these. I just went to LegalZoom. Got my drawings done. Told them exactly what I wanted. We worked back and forth until we got the design that I wanted. Again, there are a lot of resources out there for us. Um, You just got to know how to put it together. Okay. Now, you've gotten your patents. You've gotten your first prototype. What were your next steps? My next step after that, I pitched the new design to some people that I know, people that run camps, sporting camps. They like the idea. There was a marketing company that I worked with. This lady, she got it into some EA sports camps. She got it in front of some NBA celebrities in their sports camps. And so I used that not only to get it into the camps, gave away the units, the devices that I sent to the camp. So made some donations that way, but I also started getting feedback that way as well. So I use it as market research, if you will. So I was using it. Once I got the feedback from that, then I would go back to the lab, if you will, kind of design some other things, add on to the product, and then resubmit it. So once I got it to a certain level that I think, okay, it's presentable, now let me show it to some, even if it's a small group, your family and friends are biased. So I kind of want to get away from them to get some real feedback, real and honest feedback. Because the feedback that I'm going to get, for the most part, from friends and family are going to be, we love it, but you love me, so you love the product. But I need somebody who has never seen it to tell me what they think. And for me, like I love doing plays, being inactive for a lot of years and things like that. I love the shock factor. I want that first real response. You see it, what do you think? You play with it, what do you think? 
A lot of times your first response is the most accurate one. So that's what I look for. But that was my next step along the journey. Now, how did you find your supplier? So, yeah, again, just went online. For me, went on Alibaba, searched around um, and started talking to companies. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. The companies I've been working with, I've been working with for about maybe maybe 10 years plus. Of course, you want to build that trust with them. So we started small, working our way back and forth. I send you this, you send me this. And again, now we have an amazing relationship. I was actually on my way to go visit some of these companies before COVID hit. I actually had my ticket, had my hotel reservations and everything set up before the travel restrictions were shut down across the globe. But yeah, I've been dealing with the same companies for a few years. So I'm sure there's some horror stories out there, but I haven't had any of them. Once you establish that relationship and trust with people, again, build it over time, build it gradually, but it could be done. Okay. It sounds like you did it the smart way and that you went gradually, whereas yes. a lot of people you know, kind of tend to rush in Yes, and that seems to be when bad things happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It might've been the first episode of Shark Tank or something. The guy was like, I threw in all my kids, college education, second mortgage on the house. And he didn't even get picked up by one of the sharks. Not saying you have to, to be successful, but they told him you shouldn't do that. You should take baby steps, gradually take steps along the way versus going in hundred percent. And I know a lot of times people say you go in hundred percent and if you believe in it, you would do that. But still, you want to find a happy medium to everything, right? You don't just want to go 100%. You don't even have to. It'd be different if you had to, but you don't have to. So yeah, I definitely, especially us, when us inventors that don't start off with a lot of money, you, you don't have money to waste. So And you can't put yourself at risk um, to that level. So definitely take the baby steps before you start to scale up. So... Going back to the supplier, though, America's had a just-in-time supply chain model for a while, but that seems like it's breaking yes. in our time. I think started around COVID and yes. has just continued on. Have you run into any issues with that? There were some just because, again, COVID got to shut down for four weeks. So there were some, but luckily I had orders that were already placed and it didn't affect what I'm doing now. So thank God that that didn't happen. But yeah, I definitely felt that COVID issue or what we're dealing with and even not being able to get your product off containers. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have to swim out to one of these containers in in the Pacific out in uh, California. But for me, kind of try to have some forward thinking. So as I'm talking to my suppliers, hey, I need to bypass this. What can we do? I need to bypass that. What can we do? So with that, I was able to get my product on time and I haven't had any disruptions to my supply chain. But on the other side at work, we have it every day. So I see it, I understand it. But again, me seeing it on at work helped me understand what, hey, if I'm dealing with it there, I'm most likely going to be dealing with it with what I'm working on too. So let me try to get ahead of that. How'd you manage to bypass it if you don't mind my asking? What I did was I just expedited. And of mm. course it's for a, a higher fee. But there again, it was, I need this here, especially for the show. So what can I do to get it? So what you can do is we can put it on a faster boat. We can put it on an airplane versus a boat. So it's just how I got it to me. 
I was listening to uh, NPR and there was this one company and they said a container cost them $4,000 last year, cost them $25,000 this year. Now, mm-hmm. if I was at that level, I would probably say we're probably going to have to wait or I would have been swimming out in the Pacific Ocean to get it. But thank God I'm not at that level yet. Now, you've got a fairly big event coming up. Can you talk about that? Yes. So after 15 years of working on my product, I've been luckily enough and blessed enough to be chosen to be on Joy Mangano's America's Big Deal, which is on the USA Network at 9 p.m. So it's airing every Thursday night. I've been selected to be on that. I'm so happy, so grateful. And again, like I said, you just take the journey. I mean, I couldn't have told you that I would even be able to do anything like this, especially after all the no's, the thousands of no's that I had to hear and um, where I started. So really happy about that. So my episode will be December 9th. I will be on, again, America's Big Deal on the USA Network at 9 p.m. So really excited about that. What have they told you to prepare for and what to expect? Can you talk about that? I can. So I'll talk about it at a high level. So what you do is you work with the team and you come up with a pitch that you're going to work and it's geared around your product. And if you've seen the show, you can kind of see what I'm talking about. They, You have your product, they pitch it, but you work back and forth with the team. You do your, your, your 30 second pitch and your 20 second pitch. That's why people should buy it, the product. And what I love about this is that Joy herself had this journey so she gets it. She understands it. They call her the QVC HSNN queen, the creator of the Miracle Month. So she gets the process, especially us, again, who didn't start off with a lot of money. She herself had the same journey. She had to get funding from her family. She had to work outside of her father's shop at the time. She understands the journey. So in a nutshell, that's what this product is. I call it a mixture between QVC, Home Shopping Network, and Shark Tank, if you will. So what you do for contestants, pitch their product. And at the end, the person who has the most sales gets an offer that night from one of the major retailers that are sitting that you're pitching to. So those could be QVC, could be Lowe's, Macy's, those type of companies. But that's not to say that a company who's watching can't come back and make an offer to you. And whatever deal you make outside of that, it's just between you and that company which is great because a lot of other shows, you're forever tied to that show. This is just Joy. She has you on her show. Whatever deal you make, you make there. And you have a connection with the show, If you, what you do that night. But after that, somebody can call you, make an offer, and it's just between you and that company. So for me, whether I win it or not, I, just being able to be on the show and take part in something like this, I'm already a winner. I've already won to me. So I'm very appreciative, very humbled by this whole experience and this whole process. Um, So I I say I'm no different. And I hear that all the time. Well, I'm no different than anyone. I can make the same statement to everybody else out there. I'm no different than anyone. So if it happened for me, it happened for you. Just keep searching. Just keep looking. Keep working on your product. Keep working on your idea. And it'll come to fruition and it'll work out. Now, how did you find America's big deal? Because I, my first instinct would have been to go towards Shark Tank. Yeah, so I've applied for Shark Tank for like maybe eight or nine seasons. I knew they had their next season coming up. They finished their last season. So 
every time I'm searching the internet, trying to fill out the application again and go through that whole process. But as I was searching this time, America's Big Deal came up. So I'm like, well, let me just fill this out. I don't know what it's about, but let me just fill it out. Filled it out. Went back to my search with uh, Shark Tank. I'm sure I found it that night, submitted that as well. And then I got a call from America's Big Deal. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. So this is real. Because a lot of times you see on the web too that this person is coming out with a show and then you don't hear anything about it. So when I saw this is first season, America's Big Deal, my ears perked up when I got the call. And so we went through a few rounds of Zoom calls and things like that and did a few flights out and did some casting calls and shoots and things like that. So I'm really excited and glad I stopped. I mean, and like I said, I couldn't write a better script. I know it's not me controlling this. And I thank God that he's guiding my stuff. I was very grateful that I found it on the day that I did. And I'm able to be a part of this first season of America's Big Deal. Yeah, I remember watching the movie Joy. Mm-hmm. And she was going on QVC and she was pitching her product. And it was crickets, basically. No one mm-hmm. was calling in. And then you hear a familiar voice and it was her best friend calling in mm-hmm. and that started the ball rolling. It kind yes. of snowballed after that. Yes. yes. Do you have somebody lined up? Uh, yeah, I got a few people lined up <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what I love about Joy, right? In her book, she just bears it all, but that inspires me as an inventor and knowing she's at this huge level, but she started where I am. So she understands it. But yeah, I have some people lined up, one by the name of Greg Mills, by the way. So we're going to be lined up and everybody's going to be... Well done, sir. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to be making those calls. So I'm excited, really excited. And like I said, uh, a lot of support from people, even for the kids. Since this started, uh, we got our group chat, me and my kids. I've been sharing with them along the way, hey, this is at this point now, or they want me to call and they've been cheering me on. And there were some days where it's easy to get discouraged. And I found that the kids were, hey, no, you're going to get on. Hey, you got to believe. Hey, you got to keep going. So they became my cheerleaders, right? I'm always looking to protect them and to guide them. And then they started to give me back all the phrases and inspiring and encouraging words that I gave to them. They started to give it and pour back into me with them. So they helped me along the way and they make me laugh, right? At the end of the day, if you just can't have fun with this, and I have to keep reminding myself, just enjoy it. Be here. Kind of what I was talking about earlier. Just be here and enjoy the experience. Whatever happens, it is going to happen but you can't control it, but just enjoy the experience. And that's what I can control. So, Yeah, I can speak from personal experience. Sean's got a lovely family. It's got to be gratifying to see that what you have preached to them, that they've absorbed it. Yes, absolutely. Because even in the mornings, I'll send them stuff, just encourage and inspire and have a good day. And I'll give them some phrase. And, and then like my middle child, she'll start sending me stuff and say, who says this? We'll just laugh because she's giving me back. She'll just say, hey, have a great day and you can take over the world and all this good stuff. So I'm glad that they're able to pick up on that because again, we want our kids to start at a better level than we started at. So I didn't get that, but I want to instill that in them. And then I hope they take it a step further with their kids. Um, I'm glad they are absorbing that. Where do you see the esports trainer going forward? Are you going to try to license it? Or are you going to continue to try to manufacture it? 
So for me, both, I would like to continue to manufacture it. But if someone comes in with an amazing offer, I'll definitely go that route and then work on something else. I have a few other ideas that I would like to get started as well. If somebody comes in and say, hey, you know, we want to license it from you at this percentage and it works and it's a win-win for both parties, absolutely, I'll go that route. Until then, I'll continue to manufacture it. I think it's a scalable product. Well, I know it's a scalable product. Esports Trainer is three different versions um, of each sport to grow with the user. The first level is for the novice, so it has looser specifications on it. The second level has tighter specifications. And the third level, it allows the user to teach it so it can then teach the user. So, for example, professional sports athlete like LeBron James, he doesn't want me to teach him how to shoot. He knows his form. So what he does is he goes through his natural shooting motion. The device records it. Then if he deviates from that, then it triggers. So it helps him maintain his form, the form he wants to maintain. And again, it tracks it so he can see if he's trending in the right direction or not. For me, sending my son to camps, a very expensive camps, things like that. I didn't know what he learned. He came home and again, it takes like maybe five, 10,000 hours of repetition to create the muscle memory needed. And I know he didn't get that there. So when he comes home, he's just going to gradually go back to his normal shooting motion or his normal bad habits or habits in general. So this device allows you to track that, to make sure you continue to trend in the right direction. At the end of the day, especially where I started from to where it is currently, I'm really happy at the results and the feedback that I'm getting from it. What do you anticipate the next sport will be that you program for? The next sport is going to be definitely golf. So that's that's going to be the next sport. So once I get this up and going, and I think we're at a good level now with my manufacturing, where I trust what they're doing, where I can step back from this and we'll start working on the golf. The person who did the golf demonstration for the show with me, he, he lives on the golf course. He's actually a professional golf person. He said, when you're ready, let me know. I'll even get it into the shops where I live. So um, looking forward to working on that golf version. I know that's going to be an amazing one as well. So that's going to be the next version. And then even other sports, people are coming up to me saying, hey, this will work in this sport, in this motion, in this motion, in this motion. So it's definitely limitless. The sky's the limit on what you can do with it. Yeah, I could even see it being applied in like a, a work environment where there's repetitive motion. That was one of the things I talk about is it being ergonomically friendly. So teaching you those proper techniques, it can translate over to those type of environments and those type of jobs as well. It's amazing. Again, for me, because I wear a lot of different hats, it's not always easy for me to sit back and reflect on it. But as I've been going through this whole process and journey and having to submit these things to the show... I'm like, wow, I've really come a long way. So really, really happy again about this whole experience. And then too, this has given me the opportunity to meet people like you as well. So really sorry about that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No. Right. But I'm really grateful, really grateful for all the people that I'm, I'm able to meet. And it's just, again, for coming up with an idea to help not only my son, but to help people as well. Sean is a great guy. Oh, thank Um, you. I did want to ask you. The next products that you come up with, and obviously you can't 
tell me about them. Right. But are they going to be offshoots of this or are you do you have something completely different? Completely different ideas that I want to work on, things that are just popping into my head. Totally different than this product. Um, yeah, if my son was ready, I would even hand it off to him and like, okay, you do this because I like being in the lab part of it. One that I had that I still kick myself for. So I don't know if you see the stationary bike. I don't know who makes it, but you can release the lever and you can go side to side with it. Oh, I actually yeah. submitted that to a company years ago. I put a provisional patent on it and I submitted it to them. And they were like, no, we only look at our own internal ideas. I still like, oh my gosh, I should have followed through on that. So every time I see that commercial, I'm like, dang on it. I should have followed through. So yeah, there's other ideas outside of this realm. Again, the, a lot of ideas, right? They flow and they're in the atmosphere. So the people, a lot of people are getting them. So just make sure you're, you're collecting them and protecting your ideas as quickly, but as carefully and re- as responsibly as possible. All right, sir. Let's get ready to wrap this up. Is there anything that I haven't asked or touched on that you'd like to cover? If everybody can support me on December 9th, America's Big Deal, Joy Magano's. Um, I will be on the December 9th episode again, Thursday night, December 9th at 9 PM. Um, again, if you can just support me, sit down and watch and support me by purchasing my product, that would be greatly appreciated. I have a special, special offer with my pitch is an amazing. When you hear this pitch and this offer, everybody's going to want to take part in this offer. I won't share it today, but when you hear this offer, so it'll be who you to tune in so you can hear what this offer is and be a part of it. So for me, that's pretty much it. Just support me. I'll do the same. As many people that come to me, inventors, looking to get their product to the marketplace, I'll share my story and I'll help them as well. And if we keep helping each other, we can all get to the next level. Amen, brother. What's the number one piece of advice that you can give for our listeners? Yeah, again, protect your idea, protect yourself, be responsible, but never give up. I would say don't give up, don't stop, because as every day, if you do something small, positive things will be attracted to you. And I tell them at work and I tell my kids, we're not victims. We're always victorious. There's always a way. There's always something that you could be doing for yourself. So again, you got to celebrate the small victories. Take one step, draw that. Did you submit to protect your company name? There's always something that you could be doing to keep you moving, keep you moving forward. So I would just say, just don't stop. That's it. People say, well, I I fail. The only time you fail is when you quit. People come to my office and again, kind of equating the two. I got bad news and it drives me nuts. I always tell them, we don't have bad news. We have opportunities. So again, the same thing. Well, I failed. You didn't fail. You learned something from it. It is an opportunity. So again, if you start getting rid of that stinking thinking, check up from the neck up, just tell yourself these positive affirmations, you'll be fine. Just keep moving forward. I mean, we all fall down, we get up. I say, you just have to keep encouraging yourself to move forward. That's the best piece of advice. Um, I'm not just saying it, but I live it myself or I I wouldn't be here. Again, I don't think I'm any different. We all got a story. And I tell my kids this as well. We all got a story. You just play the cards you were dealt and you play them to the best of your ability and you keep moving forward. But don't ever give up. And if there's anybody out there who needs some encouragement, call me and we'll encourage each other. And, and, and Greg, even you and your wife coming and us meeting, 
you guys don't know how much you encouraged me because I needed somebody to pour into me. And you guys both poured into me that day to help me to re-energize me. So I thank both of you for that because I needed somebody to pour into me, especially that day. We felt like we got just as much of a blessing no, meeting you. I appreciate that. I definitely and you've got that. my number. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but speaking of, what's the best way for our listeners to check you out and get in touch with you? Okay. So my personal email is themoygroup at gmail.com. So that's T-H-E-M-O-Y-E-G-R-O-U-P at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, which is e dash sportstrainer.com. You can contact me there. I'm on social media. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. So you can contact me all those ways. Again, you type in Sean Moy, I'm sure I'll come up somewhere or esports trainer. I'll come up again. Anybody who wants to reach out, you can instant message me. My phone number is on my website. You can call me. I'll give it now. It's 704-915-0417. It's on my website as well reach out. We can connect. Who knows? I mean, that's six degrees of separation. I definitely believe in that. Um, I may have the person you may need to connect with and you may have the person I need to connect with. We can all do this together and get to the levels that we want to get to. Absolutely. I'm all about helping people out. Genuinely, I'm not looking for anything in return or how I can get over or how I can take your money, anything like that. I have enough of those horror stories. I just want to help people and see people succeed. All right. That's a wrap. Check him out on America's Big Deal, December 9th, 9 p.m. And and look for his deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to leave feedback on this episode or suggest a guest, you can reach me at eo40show at gmail.com. That's eo 40show at gmail.com. Next week on Entrepreneurs Over 40, we'll have on Catherine Kirk talking about her invention, the coffee bullet. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss it or any other episodes. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.